This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Our guest today, Arun Deva. He is a graduate of the American Institute of Ayurveda. He is an Ayurvedic therapist and a Vinyasa Krama certified yoga teacher. He is the founder of Arun Achala Yoga and Ayurveda. And uh, he is also involved in a uh, project now with NAMA, the National and State Ayurvedic Association, and NAMA and CAAM. You can tell us what they stand for in uh, getting standardized uh, certification or standards for Ayurvedic medicine in the United States. Thank you so very much, Arun, for taking the time to come on today. My pleasure. Thank you. Arun, let's begin uh, by letting our listeners know a little bit about you and your background. Uh, You were born in India, came here at some point in your life, and uh, decided to study Ayurveda and yoga. Um, Tell us a little bit about the path that got you to where you are. Okay, well... Yes, I was born in India, and I grew up there, went to school there. I actually went to an English boarding school. Uh, I moved here to go to college to study uh, business management, uh, which I did for a while, and then I was in business for a while, but uh, it was uh, not satisfying me, and um, and then I had some health concerns, and uh, so... Um, there was a gentleman who helped me get my health back into shape, and uh, he was a Chinese medicine practitioner, but um, also a practitioner of Ayurvedic medicine, and when he started explaining Ayurvedic medicine to me, I said, well, I know all about this, because uh, I had an aunt when I was growing up who, you know, uh, was a practitioner, and I spent a lot of time with her, and actually, she would teach me how to read the pulse when I was five years old, which was a lovely game for me at that age. So I got very intrigued by it, and uh, also I had uh, practiced yoga as a child. So um, I felt that there was something here that uh, I needed to look further into, and as I did, I realized that um, that I had an affinity for this, that I had uh, uh, an ability to grasp the, uh, the science very, very quickly. Um, and so um, that actually got me started in uh, letting go of my other livelihood and start uh, using um, uh, yoga and Ayurveda as uh, not just my passion, but also my livelihood. Right. Uh, Arun, is Ayurveda a subset of, uh, of uh, yoga? And, and I'm using yoga in, in a way where I'm associating it with Hatha yoga with uh, bodily movement, or is it, uh, how, what's the relationship between the two? Well, that's an excellent question. Actually, what you referred to earlier about me uh, working with Nama and Cam, it's not specifically to, uh, to uh, create a standardization for um, the practice of Ayurvedic medicine in the United States, but it's, um, my particular role in this is in actually um, uh, fusing the two to create a type of uh, therapy that we call Ayurvedic yoga therapy. Mm -hmm. But uh, the relationship between the two of them, uh, that's an interesting one. You could, you could talk a long time about that, but uh, generally yoga is considered a pathway for self-realization. So, you know, in in India, we're very clear if if there's something that's, uh, that's already established, uh, then it's silly to go ahead and try and do that. 
uh, from scratch. So Ayurveda does not, you know, uh, try and get involved in that. What Ayurveda is interested in is the science of life as it uh, as it is occurring, as it is happening. Life, you know, which we might say is bookended by birth and death. How do you live this life? So it's it's a healthcare system. Um, you can call it a medical science. And on one uh, one aspect of it is that is exactly what it is, and that's the part that I get to uh, to study. Um, so there is a very clear difference between the goals that the two um, mm-hmm. the two sister sciences have. However, uh, the methodologies are very similar. And would you say that um, even if their stated goals are um, seem to be um, disparate, that they complement one one another in practice. In other words, does does Ayurvedic uh, methods of healing uh, faci- help to facilitate the self realization that yoga uh, offers, and vice versa? Well, if we look at the texts, uh, the uh, Yoga texts are very clear. If you're going to practice yoga, which is to sit down and meditate, right? I mean, if we're going to simplify it, and basically, you know, if you're going to take this journey of self-realization, if you're going to sit down and take a journey into yourself, um, then uh, you need to get rid of distractions. And some of the distractions, uh, the text states very clearly, are physical discomforts, uh, anxiety, uh, restlessness, uh, lethargy, all of these. So, um, so they actually come up with, uh, uh, you know, the hatha yoga aspect of it to help us to uh, make our body less of a less of a uh, distraction or less of a discomfort. Um, but really, uh, in totality, that is what Ayurveda focuses on. Um, so we have a saying in Ayurveda that you know you 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 practice Ayurveda, and then it brings you to the yoga. Mm. Okay, and, and and then if somebody uh, is listening and now uh, wants to uh, uh, find out more about Ayurveda, or if they're living in a particular area and they want to see an Ayurvedic physician to have uh, some diagnostic work done, uh, how, how is is there a standardization? Are there clinics that they can go to, or is it a hodgepodge where there's an enormous difference between one place and another? And how do they find the correct places to go? Yes, this is actually a very important question. Um, it can be both a hodgepodge, uh, which we are actually trying to uh, make sense out of. The first uh, part of it is that Ayurveda is an uh, unregulated alternative health care system in the United mm-hmm. States, which means in some states you're allowed to practice it. In other states, you know, you're, you're on your own. You, you basically, uh, you know, you're taking your chances if you're practicing it. If they, if they want to accuse you of practicing uh, medicine, then, uh, then you're in trouble. Um, and even actually in, in alternative healthcare states, some of them, uh, you know, there's limits to what you can do. So there is a lot of limitation in the United States as to how you can practice Ayurveda. But Ayurveda is also a, a, a very uh, flexible science. I, I like to say that there are uh, three ways of looking at Ayurveda. Uh, there is the way of the shaman or the uh, forest dweller. And then, you know, that would be very uh, spiritual. And you might say that the... Uh, uh, the view of Ayurveda is a living goddess, and, and that's really how the uh, forest dwellers do see Ayurveda. Then, of course, there is the Ayurveda, which is a medical science, and as a medical science, our textbook goes you know, way back into 1500 BC, 
when we had a, a text release that uh, uh, that described surgery for such things as um, rhinoplasty, as breech babies, cesareans, cataract surgery, brain mm-hmm. surgery, uh, you know. Oh. Uh, so, so it's a very valid uh, medical science. So, and then the third aspect of Ayurveda is the part of uh, Ayurveda that is. Uh, part of every family in in the past in India. In other words, you know, perhaps the grandmother or the mother or the wise person in the family who knew the kitchen herbs and knew, you know, home remedies that you can use. So so there are three different uh, entries into Ayurveda. And here in the United States, we've created a health counselor. So you can go to someone like this and they can give you guidelines on diet, guidelines on kitchen herbs, you know, making home teas, uh, di- uh, guidelines on how to practice yoga, for instance, or how to exercise, or, or uh, all of these things. So there is that level, and this person can and really, really help you um, to uh, you know to make a, a to make a little sense of your lives, our lives. Mm-hmm. Arun, uh, for the sake of people who are not familiar with Ayurveda, um, maybe you can. Uh, Tell us what a typical consultation might involve and what the methodologies that are used in Ayurveda are. Yes. Um, so Ayurveda is based on some very uh, uh, simple um, principles. Uh, one is the principle of uh, the connection between consciousness, energy, and matter. So we we take this principle very seriously, and we uh, we feel that this is, you know, this is actually in a nutshell um, how we could explain life itself. It's a it's a continuum. When these three things come together, we have life. So um, so then, how do we make that life a healthy and happy one? Um, what we we find out that you know that there are if we look at the matter then the matter is made of elements if we look at the energy then we look at the energy is also made of subtle elements it's made of movement it's made of uh light it's made of um sound it's you know so we actually consider these also forms of matter uh, albeit quite subtle um so within all of us they will uh, they will regulate into individuality some of some of us will have uh, more of so to speak the earth element uh, and somebody else might have more of uh, more of the fire element and somebody else might have more of the air elements so basically once i know uh, what type of person you are in ayurveda we say that there are types of people so mm-hmm. you know uh, we call it vata pitta kapha um, so you know they represent the elements if we know what type you are then we know what uh, what will keep you in balance? And that's all we really want to do at that level. We just want to make sure that you stay in balance. Uh, so in a initial consultation with, let's say, a healthcare counselor, uh, then that, that's what you would do. They would help you to figure out what your constitution is. And the way they would do that is they would ask you questions and they might examine your tongue or your eyes or, of course, from an Ayurvedic perspective, um, and your fingernails and things like that, or even take your pulse, these are all Ayurvedic tools of diagnosis, and they're to diagnose these particular uh, constitutional markers. 
And then once we understand them, then we can help you to see, okay, these are the reasons why I may not be feeling well. Uh, this particular food, which I thought was very good for me, actually is very good for somebody else, but not really for me. And drinking 32 ounces of water a day is sufficient for me. I don't really need to be drinking 64 ounces, which somebody told me I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I, I don't really need to be exercising six hours a day or, or you know, other things like this. This is where it will tailor um, uh, what will keep you in health to who you are, right. recognizing that we are all individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arun, uh, I have uh, done Ayurvedic treatments before and, and enjoyed them very much. And one aspect uh, that I'm most curious about has to do with pulse diagnosis. How, how do you learn pulse diagnosis? How accurate is it? And is it like an art where some people, um, because it involves touch, and it's very subtle, I would think, uh, are, are, you know, there's a big range in terms of people's ability to uh, do diagnostic work in regard to uh, pulse diagnosis. Well, yes, and there's a lot of uh, controversy around that. We have to remember that reading the pulse is how Western medicine was practiced until very recently. Um, and, you know, um, allopathic doctors, they did rely on the pulse quite a bit. And much of the pulse is a question of measuring things like, you know, the rate of the pulse, mm-hmm. uh, the um, uh, the uh, depth of the pulse, the rhythm of the pulse, uh, these things, you know, they tell us very basic information. Uh, but there is, a, you know, I, I've been given to understand that allopathic doctors until around about the 18th, 19th centuries were reading up to 100 things in the pulse. So, so there are obviously things that can be measured. And at the same time, uh, there's no question that it is uh, it is uh, from that perspective. It is very uh, subjective, and that it is a question. Uh, it is a um, it is a methodology of diagnosis that depends very much on the skill of the practitioner mm-hmm. uh, themselves. So there's no question about that. And for that reason, I, uh, uh, for me at least, um, I'm very cautious in using or teaching people to. Uh, use the pulse for diagnosis. In fact, uh, my students, I'm, I'm very clear with them that the pulse should not be your uh, primary diagnostic tool, uh, that you need to uh, you know, study for seven years and then practice on a thousand pulses before you're actually able to do um, a diagnosis through the pulse as a primary form of, of diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is, it is a very subjective, individualized skill. It can, just like anything else, you can build it. You know, um, what did they say about if you're not an outlier, it takes you 25, uh, I mean, to, um, is it 10,000 or 20,000 uh, hours to become? Yeah, 10,000. 10, right, exactly, to become proficient. <laughs> right. So if you're not an outlier at reading yeah. the pulse, then it might take you 10,000 hours of study. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Arun, the, the methods that um, Ayurvedic practitioners use include uh, diet and herbs and uh, various methods of uh, cleansing. Um, and, and we think of it, or many people think of it, as, as something for maintaining balance, as you said, and and overall uh, prevention. Uh, but it's also used to treat specific disorders, am I correct? And maybe you could speak about that and some of the methods that are used. Yes, okay, so as a medical science, as I said earlier, you know, this this science is uh, uh, over 
you know, over 3,000 years of practice. So there is obviously some validity to it because we have many records of the um, of the success of its uh, practices. Uh, and yes, of course, the practices include uh, the herbal mineral world, uh, and of course they include uh, treatments. In uh, Ayurveda, treatment is a big part of it. Uh, we don't actually do much surgery anymore. That's that branch is uh, kind of. Um, been you know uh, uh, let fall to the wayside for many reasons. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you know there are actually eight branches of Ayurveda. It includes things like uh, um, um, gerontology. It includes uh, uh, women's health in relationship to prenatal, natal, and postnatal. Um, it relates to uh, the care of children. Um, it relates to uh, the treatment of uh, poisons. It relates. So you know, uh, obviously, Ayurveda has a has its own understanding of disease, and it's from that place that we actually do treatment. Uh, and but this goes back to what we said or what I said earlier. You know, there are levels of Ayurvedic practitioners in the United States. And NAMA, which is the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, is creating these uh, three levels of practitioners. One is the health counselor, as I said, who in my eyes is similar to the wise grandmother of the past. And then there's the Ayurvedic practitioner who might be able to help you with a certain Ayurvedically understood disease processes. Obviously, we don't relate them with Western disease processes, um, uh, you know, for many reasons here in the United States. Mm -hmm. But we do in India, uh, and and uh, and then then we're creating the Ayurvedic doctor, and this is the person who is going to be able to treat uh, to treat uh, the disease processes because uh, the uh, the you know the textbooks are full of uh, of methodologies and medicines uh, that can be used for specific diseases, yes. Uh, Aruna, I, I watched a, a part of a video, I think, on your website, and you were sitting there, and I think you had just finished uh, doing yoga asanas and perhaps did some meditation, but you look in a, a great, great state of peace. Is the purpose, is the goal of all Ayurvedic medicine and of the yoga asanas and all to get one to that place that you seem to be, where you're uh, uh, in a your inner life or your consciousness very well established and it seemed like your, you know, the outer expression of your inner life, your body, seems very restful at peace and, and I guess in a state of uh, maximum health. Is that, is that the aim and goal of, of Ayurvedic medicine? Yes, to take pictures that make you look that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Photoshop, yeah. Ayurvedic Photoshop. But uh, no, uh, seriously, I mean, uh, is, it's all leading toward that, it seems, uh, that stage. Yes. Well, uh, yes, uh, uh, no question about it. That that is what we hope for everybody. Uh, that is our, our wish. That is our goal. And that is actually the most shared goal between yoga and Ayurveda, that we uh, want everybody to, uh, to live a life of um, uh, minimalizing our sufferings, our daily sufferings. Um, and, and, of course, you know, we have so many teachers in the past, including the Buddha, who, who have approached this question over and over again. And uh, it is a question that Ayurveda and yoga uh, are asking every day. How, how can I make your life uh, happier for you and, in the process, healthier for you? Uh, Arun, uh, 
your um, organization, your the the name of your of your system is called Arunachala Yoga and Ayurveda. <clears throat> I'm curious why the name Arunachala, and uh, because our symbol, our Spirit Matters logo, is a photograph of of Arunachala in um, Tiruvannamalai. Uh, is there a relationship? Did you choose that name for that to be associated with that? Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, so I don't I mean tell that, you the, the, I tell you the truth. <laughs> it, it'll lose a lot of its mystique. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, you know, no, I did not choose the name for that specific reason. But uh. once I, once the name was sort of given to me, um, I realized uh, how. Um, how much it actually meant to me, because uh, when I see Ramana Maharishi, I see uh, one of uh, one of the most amazing um, aspects of Ayurveda. Ayurveda is very clear: uh, if there is if there is a disease process that can be treated, you must treat it. If there is a disease process that cannot be treated, you must endure it. And he was a perfect example mm, of this. Mm. You know, he. He he was he there, you know when you talked about that light that you saw in my my sitting there, look at this man. He's racked with pain from this cancer that's consuming his body, but the light is so evident in his face. Uh, so so you know that did come as a later realization. The reason mm. I picked this name is uh, I don't know uh, in the yoga world you may have heard of Shivare, mm-hmm. uh, the yoga teacher. And uh, you know years ago when I first started going to her class, she would call me Arunachala. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so it, it it really did begin that mundanely. <laughs> I see. I see. Well, for listeners who who are not clear on what you were, were talking about. Uh, he was referring to Ramana Maharshi, and if you look at those wonderful photographs of him as an older person, he he was as uh, racked with cancer at 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 from for much of his last years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis, uh, yeah, Arun, uh, are there any uh, uh, gurus or yoga teachers that were particularly uh, influential in in uh, your path? Uh, gurus and yoga teachers. So, um, which one are you? No, <laughs> no, I'm asking if there are any, uh, either, either one, if there are any teachers, okay. put them in any category, yes. spiritual teachers that had a major influence yes. on you. Yes, you know, uh, I guess this is where I give a shout out, right? So, um, yes, uh, so my father, my mother, and my aunt, the mm. first three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no question about it. Uh, but then, um, the person who has most influenced my yoga would be um, a teacher by the name of Sri Vatsa Ramaswamy. And uh, those who know anything about uh, the practice of yoga uh, would have heard of uh, Sri TKV Krishnamacharya, who, mm-hmm. is, uh, who is considered uh, the father of modern yoga. Um, and uh, my teacher, Sri Vatsa Ramaswamy, spent... Uh, uh, a little over 33 years studying with him pretty much one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I feel very blessed to be able to mm-hmm. study with him. Uh, uh, my teacher 
you know, I, I will remain unnamed in uh, in Ayurveda, but uh, the person who has inspired me the most, uh, not just in Ayurveda, but in my uh, personal quest to uh, to integrate yogic and Ayurvedic principles for therapeutic purposes, uh, that particular person is a very well-known Ayurvedic physician in the United States by the name of Doc, Dr. Vasant Lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know Phil knows him. Right, I, I know uh, of him as well. I think he's in yes. the Southwest, yeah, yeah in Arizona, or in Albuquerque. Oh. That mm-hmm. is correct. Right, that is correct. Yes, um, Arun, um, we've had a couple of people on talking about yoga therapy in the past, um, and now you're talking about um, Ayurvedic yoga therapy. I think you called it. Yes. Um, what is that going to be, and are the people being trained in that uh, area where you're working on standards, are they going to be people who are already yoga therapists, or is it a sort of, are you creating integrated programs that would integrate the two from, from the scratch, or how does it work? That's a, uh, so that was the question we were asking ourselves when we set about doing that. Mm. And so um, the first thing we came up with is, look, you need to have this much study to be an Ayurvedic yoga therapist. And so much of it is coming from Ayurveda, and so much of it is coming from yoga, and so much of it is coming from yoga therapy, which, as you now know, is a clearly delineated different field. You know, Mm. Yoga Alliance took care of that recently. They made a pronunciation that they wanted to separate themselves from anything to do with therapy. Mm. And so yoga, uh, the IAYT, International Association of Yoga Therapists, you know, took the challenge, picked up the glove, and uh, so so now we have two two fields of yoga, so to speak. Um, although you know, Phil, as you know, uh, yoga is by nature therapeutic, and uh, Yoga Alliance themselves uh, basically admit that. They just say we don't want it to be associated with any type of therapy. So so we really do need this person to be trained in three things: in yoga, in yoga therapy, and in Ayurveda. So that's you know, we're, we're figuring out, uh, I can tell you that at this point, we're looking at uh, a program where if you start from scratch, you've got about 1,100 hours of training. Mm-hmm. However, if you're coming in already as a yoga therapist, you know, then you, you're just missing this much, and that's your entry point, maybe another three, four, five hundred 500 hours of training in, in Ayurveda. And similarly, if you're coming in with your... Uh, your full training in Ayurveda, you're missing three, four, five hundred hours in mm-hmm. yoga therapy. Mm-hmm. So there are three entry levels by which you can become an Ayurvedic yoga therapist. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, Arun, I had uh, one last question for you from my side, and that was um, what, what practical uh, uh, advice would you have for our listeners, for Phil and I, in, in regard to uh, 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 what we can do on a daily basis to uh, improve our, our health and well-being based upon Ayurvedic principles? Well, the key here is based on Ayurvedic principles. And why would you want to use Ayurvedic principles? You know, the answer to that would be that, okay, this is a proven system. It's proven over 3,000 years of continuous use. So there we have, we have testimonials in the, in the form of, you know, uh, textbooks that go back uh, uh, as recent as the 18th century and as far back as... Uh, you know, 1500 BC. So there is a lot of validity to this system. There is mm-hmm. also an unofficial, you know, saying that uh, Ayurveda is the mother of all 
ancient medical sciences. Uh, well, how, uh, however true that is, uh, we don't know. We also know that it has a tremendous connection with yoga and that most Ayurvedic uh, healers and sages uh, were yogis. So, uh, so there is a lot of power to this. So if you want to use it, uh, what is what is it that Ayurveda would say to you first and foremost if you were looking to maintain uh, equilibrium, so to speak, in your life, you know, a state of balance? Because that's what we like to mm-hmm. see. Um, you know, th- th- you're going to have ups and downs. Let's just first of all ex- accept that. You are going to have disease processes and you're going to have discomfort processes and you're going to have times when you feel incredibly healthy and well. How do we level the playing field? How do we keep it so that you never actually end up uh, in a place uh, of great suffering, uh, even if you do get a disease? So for this, there are three things that Ayurveda says are essential. One is, um, one is what we call dinacharya, how you live your life day to day. So that's number one. How do you live your life day to day? And this is where an Ayurvedic practitioner really should focus their attention when you come to see them first. They should give you uh, choices to make uh, for your daily living that will enhance your well-being. Second, of course, is diet because, you know, mm-hmm. whether we say it in Ayurveda or whether we say it uh, in Greek medicine or whether we say it in ancient uh, Western medicine, if the diet is correct, chances are you're going to be fine. And if the diet is wrong, chances are no amount of medicine is going to fix it. So, so, so the diet is secondary. The third is no matter what we do, we do tend to, uh, to have wear and tear and stress and, and maybe build up some toxicity in the body. And uh, so, there is, so it is important every once in a while to cleanse and rejuvenate yourself. Mm. So these good. are the three main things. Great advice. Very good. Um, Arun, two, two last practical questions. One, if somebody uh, living somewhere uh, other than Los Angeles uh, <laughs> wants to look into Ayurveda, um, how can they uh, go about that and be assured of uh, that the person they they uh, reach out to is qualified? What what are, what should they look for? And also, let us know how people can find out more about you and your work. Let us tell us about your website and so forth. Okay. So, uh, as far as the first question goes, uh, there are two ways you can go about this. Um, there are Ayur- schools of Ayurveda uh, pretty much all over this country now, uh, although many of them are concentrated here in uh, California. Uh, for some reason, a very, very excellent school is also in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, so one way to do that would be, and many of these schools also offer self-learning um, programs, or you know, how to uh, simple programs that you can do to uh, learn enough Ayurveda to take care of yourself mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So that's one way. But if you do wish to see an Ayurvedic uh, health counselor or a practitioner or even an Ayurvedic doctor, uh, then I highly recommend that you uh, go to the website for NAMA, which is the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. Uh, you can Google that, and, uh, and then they have a page with a listing of all uh, practitioners in the United States that are recognized by NAMA. In other words, they have met the standards that NAMA has set for, uh, for studying Ayurveda. Uh, so that would be the second way to do that. 
So there are two ways that you could do this. Great. Um, and your website? Uh, so my website is uh, is yogarasayana.com, and I'll spell that, uh, Y-O-G-A, and then the rest of the word is R as in Roger, A-Apple, S-Sam, A-Apple, Y-Yot, uh, <laughs> A-Apple, and Nancy, A-Apple.com. Right. And we'll, we'll, and have, we'll that have that out. on the website uh, on your uh, interview when right. it's posted. Right. Oh, lovely. Yes, that'll be great. Great. Arun, thank you so very much for your time. It's greatly appreciated. And again, the website, yogarasayana.com, that'll all be posted up at spiritmatterstalk.com. And uh, our guest today, again, has been Arun. Let uh, me Taylor. add one thing, because we said we would mention this and we haven't. Uh, Arun also leads retreats in India and uh, has one coming up this fall in October, I believe. That and would be that fall on the website, 2016, Arun? yeah. Yes, thank you. Yes, uh, we are uh, leading a retreat this year in October once again. I've been doing this for six years every October. Um, and But this one is going to be a little bit different. It's, going, it's called the Forest Sage retreat and it's really for uh, people who are already yoga practitioners and it's going to be on uh, on teaching the yoga sutras uh, trying to do it in uh, in in the same mood environment and, and locality as where the yoga sutras themselves may have been written in the forests of India so you will be uh, getting out of the city as quickly as you can uh, one day of playing in the city and then <laughs> straight exactly. into the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Very good. Th- thank you so much, Arun. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you both very, very much for having me on. All the best. Okay, thank you.